knows how to play poker. Poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everybody, another edition of the show. Thanks for being with us, and we'll try to keep you entertained for the next hour. Uh, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez here from South Florida. And uh, last week, Joe, when we were on the show, uh, Mike Sexton was uh, battling his way on the final table. We were, I, I think we were down to, what, five or four or five players left, something like no, that, or um, even lower. No, I don't think we were at the TV table yet. He yeah, was, you're right. It, it you're wasn't right. the TV table. They were down to nine or eight, and they hadn't hit the TV bubble yet. Well, Mike was the chip leader going into the final table, and very happy to say that he was able to take down the tournament. Uh, really kind of uh, historic. And, uh, you know, Mike has been around the World Poker Tour for 15 years. Uh, great guy. We've had him on the show before. Uh, I talked to him this summer, and uh, it was kind of funny because – Last, I remember last April when we were at the Seminole Hard Rock, uh, WPT was there, and uh, I happened to be sitting in the stands, and I did not have my badge on, and there was a promotional guy there that was asking trivia questions, and he asked a question uh, that everybody's kind of looking at each other. It was about uh, who was the producer on uh, uh, the cable TV show uh, Weeds, and it was uh, poker player Matt Salzberg. Yes, who we've also been, had, on we've had on the show. So I knew the answer, of course, and uh, I kind of just sat there. I knew being a guy in the press, I didn't really want to say anything, but uh, I wasn't wearing my badge. And, and finally I raised my hand and I had the answer, and he handed me a prize. And it was dinner for two with Mike Sexton uh, at the World Series of Poker this summer. So uh, I was at the World Series of Poker, and, it, and I was busy, and I didn't see Mike. I did see Mike at the very end, and I was leaving the next day. And I said, listen, I, I, I got this certificate for dinner for two, but I, I, I'm getting ready to leave. And, uh, you know, I know it's I'm just springing it on you. And he, I said, I don't think we can, you know, do it now. And he goes, well, listen, we'll, when I come to South Florida, we'll, we'll have dinner down there. Really yeah, nice guy. Yeah. I mean, it's super nice to say that. And uh, I've always respected him for the job he does as a commentator. He does a tremendous job. He really does. Uh, we've had him on the show with Poker Gives, uh, Linda Johnson, and, uh, and Jan Fisher's group. And, and he has been a major uh, proponent of that for many years and has done so much for poker in general, for the game, and for, for charities as well. He's been at the uh, forefront of all of these great charities and everything to try to improve the game, to make it better, to bring it back online. You know, he's just a champion of, 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 of any poker course that's out there. Absolutely, and has that unique style on the air. Then, uh, of course, him and Vince have, have done every year since uh, day one, which was 15 years ago. This yeah. is season 15. And I got to meet Vince uh, one night when he, for him and his wife and then another couple were there uh, actually having dinner at the Courtview Club uh, one night when we actually had the poker room upstairs. Oh, that's right. In right. the Courtview, right. I was shocked to see him, and we spoke for a little bit. And, yeah, he's a good guy, too. Uh, he was a real nice guy, and I enjoyed watching his dad act, too, <laughs> many years ago. What was the show? Eight is Enough. Eight is Enough. Eight is Enough. <laughs> Uh, Dick Van Patten. Anyway, uh, the, it, as far as the tournament went, uh, Sexton uh, took down the win. Uh, we ended up going up head-to-head against Benny Chen. Uh, Benny was uh, 
a former champion of the Millionaire Maker out in Vegas a couple years ago, and a pretty well-known player. Anyway, him and Mike went head-to-head, and they were about even when they started, but uh, Mike actually fell behind by a 10-to-1 ship count, which, which is, usually is your death blow seems right there. insurmountable, really. Yeah. And uh, a real roller coaster from him, and, uh, you know, of course... He has to sit out then uh, from the TV program. Uh, Tony Dunst steps in and, and works with Vince then to, to do that program. And, you know, the whole crew and the whole staff is just you know, for him. Yeah, they're trying not to be out there cheering for him, but I can't imagine that that's easy to do. Exactly. Uh, when they got down head-to-head, uh, uh, the last hand uh, got down near the end in uh, Sexton River to Jack High Strait. Uh, to beat Chen and take the lead from him two hands later. The tournament was all over. Uh, Chen went all in uh, for 8 million chips with King Jack, and Sexton had pocket queens. Easy call for him there. Yeah, so the queen, he also got, he got a queen on the flop. Unfortunately, there was a uh, nine on the turn. So that gave him so a 10. So all of a sudden, yeah, he had <laughs> gave something. gave him four outs. But the ace on the river did not uh, was not a positive, and uh, that was, or I guess there was an ace on on the turn. Actually, I guess the the nine, the uh, nine came on the on the flop. But uh, anyway, uh, there was a deuce on the river, and that was it. And Sexton wins three hundred seventeen thousand, but uh, you know cements his place as no what we told talked about last week yeah. that he wants to be known as a great player. As a great poker player, we've had a lot of guests like that, as I mentioned last week. Bernard Lee's another one, and uh, just. I'm telling you, Mike Sexton really, you know, you, you mentioned his name and you can't help but think of poker. Obviously, you can't help but think of the WPT because he's been representing them Absolutely. for so long. So it, it's nice to see such a nice man. Uh, when take one of these down. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Benny Chen makes 213000 Uh The final table is uh, Nadir Laji. Uh, he uh, finished third. Elon Bujena. Bujena. I don't know how to pronounce that. Finished fourth. Emma Zajmovic finished fifth. And Jake Schwartz, uh, who's and been on a big roll this year, finished sixth. Emma, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't she the chip leader when we were on the air last she was. week? She uh, led a lot of the way. With Sexton in second place, but she had, a, she had a very nice chip lead at that point. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, a real thrill, you know, uh, not just a commentator. Uh, but a, but a poker champion as well. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations, great to hear. Mike. So our congratulations to him, uh, and he jumped right in immediately to uh, go down to Punta Cana. Obviously, uh, you know he has his uh, broadcasting duties there, but he is playing and was making a pretty deep run in that tournament, uh, which is now down to the final table. And uh, we give you some results here as they are down to four players in the uh, tournament there. Uh, the lead chip leader is Troy Quenneville. Uh, Neil Farrell is a pretty well-known player. He is also in that final four. Anthony Augustino and uh, Colin Moffat are the final players there. So uh, had some uh, big names down there. Not a huge field. Uh, they only did 60 players on day 1A, but they came back with 210 on day 1B. So Their total 270. Actually had about 50 more players that came in on the beginning of day two and then re-entered. I think they said there was 99 re-entries out of the 332 players. Out of 332? Yeah, that that was the total. Uh, 270 going into, I think they had 52 on uh, the start of day two. So the total number of players or entries, 332, uh, which when you look at Montreal, which had 674. So uh, it's definitely about half of that, but... uh, 
332, I guess, is okay. Uh, you know, it's a five thousand dollar buy-in, so uh, still pretty nice prizes there yeah, to win. Yeah, what, what are you looking at? Like one point seven almost uh, right. in prize pool. I believe so. so. Um, but anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. They're down to four players. Uh, and uh, that's uh, not the last one of the year. There's actually going to be a tournament in December uh, at the Five Diamond Classic uh, out in Las Vegas, at uh, which is at the Bellagio. Well, listen, they, they, just like the WSOP circuit around the WPT, just they they just keep getting stronger and stronger. Absolutely. Every year. Well, let's uh, use that as a. Uh, as a transfer to uh, talk about the, the WSOP uh, circuit, which uh, was just concluded last week, uh, or actually earlier this week, uh, in uh, West Palm Beach. And we were following that last week. There was about six events in that we talked about. Well, they finished up with the final six events. Uh, event 10 was the main event, and someone else connected with the show uh, wins that one as well, Maurice <laughs> Hawkins, uh, the victor in uh, West Palm Beach, which is really kind of his home uh, home. Turf, I guess you might well, say. Well, he plays a lot at the aisle, so... He does come down the aisle and play a lot, but I think he actually lives in, in uh, Palm Beach County. So, uh, that was... The thing about Maurice is... He, I like Maurice a lot. A lot of people, he has kind of a... He gets under there a couple of people's yeah, skin. A yeah, a lot bit. of people don't like Maurice. Uh, he's a little abrasive at times, and, uh, you know, it's part of his game, really. You know, it's much like William Kasuf, uh, who just came on the scene this year. Maurice has been doing it for years, uh, kind of getting under people's skin. And, and uh, you know, I like him. I've always got along great with him. He's been very nice to me, and uh, I have nothing bad to say about him. But uh, he's having a tremendous year. This is actually his third main event win this year on the circuit. The end of last season, if you remember back, uh, he won at uh, Harris Cherokee. The week before, he won at Council Bluffs, where you were at earlier this year. But he won the circuit event at Council Bluffs, went down the very next tournament, wins the main event at Cherokee Harris in uh, North Carolina. And then, so this is the third one this year, and he actually uh, won another event up at uh, Council Bluffs. So... Uh, it's amazing. That's four big tournament wins this year. He now has nine career rings on the circuit and uh, is now the leader of all time for uh, rings on the circuit. Well, congratulations to him. I mean, he's a hell of a player, whatever you think of him personally, as his style on the table, but he is a hell of a player. Yeah. He uh, uh, defeated uh, 260 other players in the field. That was Monday that they finished up up there. And uh, he is now tied. Or actually, it's eight. It's eight career rings. I had that wrong. Eight career rings. But uh, he is uh, certainly one of the uh, top players ever on the World Series of Poker circuit. And uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty, in pretty much Maurice style. Uh, he said afterwards, uh, "We don't need to explain who won." And he went into the third person and said. Uh, we all know when he got down to the final table, he was going to take it down. <laughs> you know, talking about himself, which is kind of typical Maurice. Uh, uh, and he said his final comment was, I want to win everything, <laughs> and which is uh, exactly what he is. 95000 and the gold ring for Maurice Hawkins. Um, Josh Hillock, who we also know quite well, finished third. Uh, Philippe Caven from the Tampa area was fifth. And uh, T.J. Schulman, who we... Uh, have had on the show. We're talking about that Hylia tournament before. Finished in seventh and took down thirteen thousand. Uh, Schulman also won a ring at this circuit uh, this year. Uh, he defeated one hundred ninety-three players in a very f- tough final table in event number eight, which was the double stack no limit hold'em tournament, five eighty buy-in. 
and he took home 25000 for that. So a great series for TJ, and uh, defeated uh, Darren Stabinski head-to-head for the tournament title. Carlos Loving, who won a, a ring earlier in the series, finished third. Uh, Andrew Touchette, who I've also uh, got to know over the years, finished fifth. So uh, nice field there, nice final table, and a great series as usual up at Palm Beach. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't, that's when we'd be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, the, those are the recent events. Uh, uh, right now they are playing, uh, as I mentioned, at the WPT in Punta Cana. And the Seminole Hard Rock event, uh, the Rock and Roll Poker Open, well underway. Right now they are playing... Uh, uh, event number six, and that is a 570 buy-in tournament, uh, deep stack tournament, and uh, you can catch that live stream, by the way. Uh, of course, I don't know when you're listening to the show here, as it, uh, you pick it up on iTunes or, or Stitcher or one of the other places, but they are down to 41 players. They are actually live streaming the uh, uh, feature table, and two of our friends are at the feature table, two, wi- two women, uh, Abby Daniels. And Jessica Dolly. So uh, this would be something very interesting to check out there. I know that uh, Jessica was on the live stream during the break. And uh, uh, it's been pretty interesting over there. But uh, something maybe that you might want to check out. Anyway, that series kicked off earlier in the week. And their event number one was a uh, 360 deep stack tournament with a million-dollar guarantee. Wow. So pretty impressive. And they How many did day ones? Uh, eight day ones. And uh, the record that they held from earlier this year at the Lucky Arts Poker Open was 4,000 players. They went over 5,000 for this tournament. 5,018 entries over the eight starting flights. The winner, actually there was a nine-way chop. When they got to the final table? Yeah, when they got to the final (laughs) table. Uh, so winning the trophy and officially in first place was Rafael Reese from Brazil, 155K. Uh, other players at the final table, Rodrigo Diaz, Alan Byler, Michael Johnson, Alejandro Armas, Steve Cohen, Elizabeth Provan, Jack Rolnitsky, and Michael Sanchez. Um, a lot of big names were in the field that did not make uh, the final table. And was it an equal chop? No. Uh, Chip count? Strictly chip count. 155K to Reese. Uh, ninth place, Sanchez won 43,000. So he probably picked up a few extra than he would have. But Yeah, uh, if he's making a deal, he was he was probably severely uh, handicapped in his chips. Absolutely. Also finishing in the money, John Holly, uh, Shetty Siddiqui, uh, Chino Reem, uh, and Justin Young. Also, Perry Shaw finished in 16th place. Perry's been on the show. Yes. One of our favorite guys. Nice kid. Uh, who's played very Perry, well there. Perry was the one who won the million dollars. Yeah, a million, millionaire maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was not this year, but last yep. year. Uh, anyway, he uh, it was no, it was the Monster Stack. Yeah, the Monster Stack, yeah, not him, the Millionaire the Maker. Series, like uh, a field of over 7,000. And uh, he, in this one, he finished 16th for 6K, 6.3. Anyway, uh, very interesting event uh, to get things started. They're now in event number six. We'll update you on that one in a little bit. We'll check on the chip counts. We'll also keep you updated on the WPT tournament as we check that out. Lots of other things to talk about. Uh, of course, the presidential election. Uh, still to shake out what's going to happen with online poker. I found an interesting article that you might want to check out that uh, gives an opinion on what may happen. And uh, certainly a few other things to talk about. Uh, <laughs> William Kasouf was on Reddit, which is uh, an interview site that... Uh, he expressed some of his opinions about the summer, 
And uh, but he hasn't done anything poker wise since uh, since the main event since he got eliminated back in July and everything else before they got to the final nine. I, I mean, at least I haven't heard it. So I don't know if 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 it's just I'm not following it the right way, but I have not heard uh, Williams' name mentioned going deep. You know, you had a lot of these November Niners that went deep in some uh, European tournaments and other tournaments around the country between uh, July and, and November. So, well, this was kind of his first appearance really on media to kind of talk about the things that happened. Uh, I'd like to have him on my show. You know, I certainly would find him interesting to talk to. And uh, maybe we can have him say. and Stacy on at the same time here with us. You know, Stacy in studio. Well, I think there'd be a line out of the studio door for people that he had a problem with. <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Anyway, uh, I think they all have to take a number behind Stacy though after that hand. Exactly. So. Well, I'll talk about some of that uh, a little bit later. That interview and some of the things he had to say. Kind of interesting. He uh, certainly is trying to milk his 15 minutes of fame. I don't blame as, him. As people do, you know, and and maybe the whole uh, plan was to do that from the very beginning. Who knows? Well, listen, if if he can back up the play that he had, you know, in his run in the main event this year, he can let his poker playing do his talking for him. It's nothing you know? like being a villain that yeah, can get you publicity. Let me tell you, it's real nice when you're running good and you know you're playing cards and you have that you know particular hand that that he had against Stacy that kind of propelled him. To what he, you know, to what we got to know as William Kasuf this summer, but uh, you know that talk gets tiresome if you ain't doing if you're not making deep runs in, at the poker in yeah, the poker tournaments. So. For sure. Anyway, uh, let's take our first break on the program. Uh, we'll talk about the upcoming schedule. Of course, things slow down a little bit right after this uh, Rock and Roll Poker Open gets done here in South Florida, at least for a month or so around Christmas. Uh, but there's plenty of uh, local action, including at Gulfstream Park, which has. Uh, a nice tournament schedule during the week, 7 o'clock each night. And those will pick up, of course, when championship racing starts on December 3rd, which is now just a, uh, less than two weeks away. So we're looking forward to that and a great season out there at Gulfstream Park. Uh, if you're not familiar with the location, you haven't been there, you're really missing out because there's so many things to do there. There's all the gambling aspects, uh, slot machines and the, the poker and uh, the horse racing, of course, on a regular basis, simulcasting of races throughout the day. Uh, and plenty of things to do as far as dining and shopping and and uh, just just a fun time. Uh, they have a big festival of lights going on now. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, Gulfstream really has a great schedule, and they plan things for the whole family. It's certainly uh, make your plans. If you're coming into town here for the winter season, it's got to be a regular stop uh, on your entertainment schedule. Yeah, let me tell you, in the Festival of Lights, like you said, I've taken my family there. They've enjoyed it very much. I've enjoyed it. And they really have gone, I don't want to say opposite of, of the Hard Rock, but you know they are very family-friendly uh, location to go to. So, Absolutely. You know, if you, if you have young children, you know, you, you can have great places, as we've mentioned many times, all the different great restaurants over there. So do yourself a favor if you're in South Florida. Stop by there. See that big Pegasus. See the Festival of Lights now during the holiday season. Just... Enjoy yourself. There's so much to do there. And then, obviously, we're here because of the poker room and the great action and the great room and everything, how they run that room. The the the, the racing, which is about to restart again in early December. I, don't, I know you the know third. the exact date. The third. So there's so much to do at Gulfstream, folks. Really. Absolutely. Do and yourself uh, a favor and go. If you want to know where it is, well, if you haven't been there... It's very easy to find. It's on Federal Highway, which is kind of the main drag of the Fort Lauderdale area. 
Uh, it is located between I-95 and the beaches at Hallandale Beach Boulevard, southern part of Broward County, very easy to get to from all parts of South Florida. Uh, the address is 901 South Federal Highway in Hallandale Beach. Put it in your GPS and just head toward Pegasus over there in the parking lot. Great place to go. Gulfstream Park. You have everything that you'd want uh, as far as entertainment and uh, excitement. Gulfstream, welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet. It will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, and father of five. I'm also an expert on drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids, and there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. And lead the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. Welcome back to the show. Another edition of Poker Action Line uh, here as we enter the holiday season. Tomorrow, Thanksgiving. I'm going to be traveling this weekend. i got one more college football game in the regular season. Uh, pretty interesting game. Arizona State at Arizona on Friday. Rivalry. Big rivalry yeah. in the state there. And, and usually a very big game, but not this year. Uh, a couple of teams. I know Arizona's lost eight in a row, and I think Arizona State's lost five in a row. Anyway, college football-wise, uh, not one of the more important games, but uh, certainly uh, we'll have a great time on there. Yep. I've never been to Arizona. I've been through Phoenix on a plane. I've driven through Arizona, through the whole state, <laughs> but... Uh, Looking forward to uh, maybe seeing the town a little bit, flying into Tucson tomorrow. Uh, hopefully everyone got their travel out of the way today, so it won't be too busy tomorrow in the afternoon on uh, Thanksgiving Day. And I miss out on all the uh, turkey and uh, 
cranberry sauce and everything else, but uh, that's okay. Uh, I'll find something to do out there <laughs> in Arizona. Uh, Joe, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? What are your thoughts? Uh, I got very lucky because I was supposed to work this, this Thanksgiving, yes, tomorrow, but a uh, young lady who we just hired needed the day off and switched my day off Saturday for Thanksgiving, so I think I came out way ahead on this deal, Absolutely. so I get to spend it with my family. This actually would have been one of the first Thanksgivings that I would have worked in a very long time, and Dave, I'd like to take a moment here to wish a happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners out there. And if you've traveled, uh, safe travels to and from your family, coming back home, I want to wish my partner, Big Dave Lemon, here safe travels, as he just mentioned, and a happy Thanksgiving. I know it's going to be on the road tomorrow, Big Dave, but happy Thanksgiving to you. To our other partner here, our silent partner, Gio, and his family, to have a happy Thanksgiving and um have a great time with your family, Gio, and for the people from WFO, the the whole radio crew from WFO who we share a studio with here, I want to wish all of them a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, enjoy your time with your family. It's very special. I, I'm a, I'm going to be enjoying it with my daughters, my in-laws, my grandsons. So I'm just very grateful for that. So. Yeah, you have a lot of great family. Uh I tell you what, our friends in the uh, Midwest have been getting pounded by snow here for the first time this year and and a uh, storm that moves into the Northeast. So travel is going to be a hassle. Uh, just remember, be kind to your fellow man and be patient because, you know, uh, getting there a few minutes early is not going to make a big difference. No, and just remember the name. It's, this is We're giving thanks Thanksgiving, so uh, just be, like Dave said, be patient and, uh, and just... Be in a great mood. Just enjoy yourselves, Ab- man. Absolutely. A lot of people uh, to ha- to give thanks for the things they have, including our our good friend Jason Mercier, uh, who uh, got married to. Uh, uh, Did Natasha he get married the already? They he got, got married, married over the oh, weekend. Congratulations, Jason. Uh, you and Natasha. Yeah, all the po- uh, the royalty of poker was there. <laughs> believe me, they had an incredible uh, amount of guests uh, from the poker world. A uh, few pu- few uh, pictures posted on uh, Twitter and, and different places, and, uh, you know, kind of a storybook uh, romance there. And let me tell you, he, you know, you, you've heard some of his interviews since he met Natasha, and it, it, he just seems so happy. And, you know, he's had tremendous success practically from the beginning that he started his poker career. But sometimes that doesn't relate to having great relationships, and it's right. a hard, you know, when you're a professional poker player and play as much as he has over the last seven, eight years, you know, it's kind of hard to, to, to get a relationship started and to have someone who understands and, and can well, support key. you when you're, when you're putting so much time and effort into something which you have to take that time away from somewhere else. So well, that's so hard. That is, I mean, I, listen, I love poker. My wife has been supportive, but I, I never, especially with the kids that I had, I, I never would have had if I had the means to get a, be away that far. I don't think my wife would have allowed me to be that far away, no matter how successful I might have been. Well, that's the key, because Natasha not only is a poker player, and a very good one, but uh, she's been uh, to final tables. In fact, that was when she got knocked out in third place at a at a World Series of Poker bracelet event, uh, and was so disappointed that he walked up on the stage as she just got knocked out and proposed to her then. That was this summer. So they got married over the weekend. Uh, Jason went right out, and of course, in his hometown here, South Florida, uh, the Hard Rock Poker Open is going on. Jumped right into the fifty thousand yeah. dollar buy-in uh, high roller 
Uh, made the final table, but did not cash because they only had 21 players in the event. So they ended up uh, paying four spots. I think he finished sixth. Uh, but, you know, right after the wedding, you're thinking, oh, you're not playing poker for a while, pal. But she understands. She's playing she in a lot of the same events. Now, the, the the test will come, Dave, you know, and guess what? Like I said, even if I had the means, you know, I know the wife wouldn't. But I don't want to just put the onus on her. I know I wouldn't have wanted to spend that much time away from my children growing up. You know, that, uh, my kids have been my joy. Now I'm I'm reliving that with my grandsons. You know, I'm you know I'm the I'm the grandfather who wrestles and throws them in the air and throws them in the pool. So uh, the test will come. You know, when Jason and Natasha, if and, if and when they decide to start a family, you know, we know how great his parents are. The upbringing that Jason's had. Yeah. You know, he's such a wonderful He'll guy. Be a great father. Exactly. So at that moment is when we'll really see, you know, how much time you want to spend away traveling away from your kids. No, exactly. And, uh, you know, the other thing is uh, there's so much disappointment involved in poker. Uh, The the amount of events and great success that you have is like one out of ten or whatever. Yeah, and guess what? When you have a wife who understands it, it's great because you have a a springboard to kind of air your... Oh, I got you know. I can't believe a four, a four six called me with pocket aces and knocked me out. And you know, Jason himself in some of the interviews have said he, when you get knocked out of a big tournament like that, you put up a big thing or you think you're going to have a great finish and a great cash, and you don't. You know, human nature takes over, and yeah. you're not the you're not the friendliest or the nicest person at least for a short while. And if you have kids, it's uh, you know. You, you really don't want to ever bring that home. I tried never to bring home bad days at work or right. gambling-wise. And it does become hard because sometimes you almost can't help it. You know, you don't want to do it, but sometimes you can't even help it. And for those people out there who've been able to separate it, you know, where it, where it's not an issue at home, congratulations to you. I wish I wish you'd let me know how that, ha- how that works. Exactly. Well, when it's time to, uh, to hit the sack at night and... Uh, you got to rule out bad beat stories. <laughs> I would say you, you just got to look at your kids and go, "Nah, I'm never going to have a bad beat." And that's what God gave me them. Anyway, the winner of the high roller, the fifty thousand high roller, was Ben Tollerine. Uh Jason Kuhn finished in fourth place. The Tollerine wins uh, four hundred fifty-nine thousand plus the trophy. Sean Winner was second. Stephen Chidwick was third, and Jason Kuhn finished in fourth. So um, that was the high roller. They're now, as I mentioned, in event number six. And uh, we will certainly uh, be following all of that here. Uh, the schedule looks like this upcoming for the uh, Rock and Roll Poker Open. Uh, the main event will start on Friday. It is a $3,500 buy-in. Uh, there will be two opening sessions, one on Friday at noon. Saturday at noon will be the other. And then it will return on Sunday for day two and play through the TV table, which is going to be on Wednesday. Also, Poker Night in America doing some live cash games there. Uh, and uh, taping them for future shows, and there'll be a few other tournaments as well uh, down the road. But uh, another great event at the Hard Rock, which uh, pretty much steals the show here in South Florida, i got to say. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're going to be the big boys on the block for a long time, yeah. with the Isle kind of stealing their thunder for uh, 12 days twice a year here. But, uh, the Kennel Club. I, excuse me, what did I say? The, the, the Isle, Isle pardon me, the, the, the West Palm Beach Kennel Club. So the Isle doesn't uh, doesn't have quite the luster that it once did in South Florida. Here, uh, certainly have some great events, 
But uh, since Stan Strickland took over, there's been more of a focus on the smaller player, yeah. uh, trying to cash in on that niche, which is a great thing. You need that uh, that balance. And there. he hasn't, you know, I don't I don't think their numbers have suffered a, a no. whole hell of a lot, if if no, at all. They don't care what I think. If at all, you know, <laughs> they've done it well. But yeah, they he's taken it in a little different direction than Mike Smith did when he was here, and um, you know, congratulations to Stan because. You know, I I think they realize that it's kind of hard to compete with the Hard Rock, you know, being just, uh, what, about eight or nine miles away and, and Coconut Creek being right up the road, another seminal property. Uh, you know, they've already gone head-to-head on some tournaments. And, um, you know, as great as the Isle does, they don't have the same resources that the Hard Rock people and the Seminole money has. No, they so don't. So you've got to kind of reinvent yourself a little bit, and he's gone more to the smaller tournament uh, poker players, and I think he's done great over there. Yeah, he has, and uh, certainly and there's room for a lot of different uh, you know, uh, concepts and aspects in the game, and there's a, a large audience to serve, and, and to do that for the smaller player and offer tournaments for – you know, seventy-five dollars or one twenty-five. It's really uh, helps grow the game as well. It really does, and you know, uh, our friends at PPC, Brian and Sandy, have been able to run a lot of their smaller tournaments, smaller buy-in tournaments that leads to that big half-million-dollar championship that they just concluded with earlier in the month. You know, the stands helped them with the continued uh, support that Mike Smith started there. So, um, you know, you're right. The Isle hasn't suffered. Their numbers are, are still way up there in the state uh, as far as live games, the revenue that they generate over there from, from poker. And that's a, that's a tribute and you know, to Stan and to Mike Smith before him you know, to compete with the Hard Rock and all the other rooms in this area, all the other great rooms too. You know? Absolutely. And uh, uh, we're very lucky down here. I, I came across a story that talked about uh, – Poker in the state of Florida, what it's turned into from what it was expected to be. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I'll be honest with you, Dave. I've expected this since 97 when we were first allowed to do the 25.50 cents. I knew the state of Florida, especially South Florida, was going to be a huge success. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it took, uh, was it 13, 13 years for them to finally open it up 13 to 15 years take for off them the to handcuffs they exactly always call exactly and look look what it's done you know we've become a, a poker destination in this country well when people looked at florida coming online it was talked about the place with a lot of fish and and certainly a lot of opportunities players moved to town and, and took advantage but it's become really a, a just almost a mecca of uh tournament play in south florida for attracting the big pros in some events uh, but, you know, really offering, uh, you know, some crazy wild games all over the state. We we do have a lot. Of, and, and listen, Dave, that's been the norm in most places that, you know, over the last 20 years that have opened up poker rooms, like, you know, and, and have gone to, to the style of play that we have now here in South Florida and throughout the whole state of Florida, where you do have your amateur, you know, inexperienced players, the fishes, as, as they are called, but one thing that the state of Florida has done, you know, especially since this is pretty new to us, you know, that the higher limit poker game is pretty new to us here. Look at all the success we've had at the WSOP run and so much so on the final table where we've had 
so many representatives from from either South Florida or from Florida in general, and that that's a tribute to the to the players here in Florida. Right. Uh, just looking at some numbers, let's go ahead and delve into this a little bit. Uh, back in that first year, uh, from now, from then until now, 2005-2006, uh, until now, uh, the increase in revenue has been 231%. Yeah, and think about it, 205-206, they opened it up to, to where there were no pot restrictions. Right. But the buy-in was still restricted. The, the you didn't have the tournament until 2010. Right. Well, or 2011, well, I guess. 2011. But if you remember prior to that, you know, since they didn't take the handcuffs off the live games, the big play was tournament play in South right, Florida. Right, right. Remember, the, the, the Palm Beach Kennel Club opened up their, their tournament area up there, and they had expanded the bottom part. Because of the sitting goals, we, right. this was a huge sitting goal. Uh, yeah, Dania had, had a huge uh, sitting go scene. And, and, and I, I remember going up to speak with Noah back then, and he goes, "Look what I'm expanding to." They had done this great expansion, and then a few months later, things opened up for the for for the cash games, and all of a sudden those sitting goals kind of went away because everybody was you know now playing, you know the handcuffs were off as you said. So they put in a lot of expense into that tournament room down below when they were expanding it because that was that was the 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 larger part of their of their revenue for the poker room he told me and then all of a sudden it changed, you know overnight it kind of almost changed to the cash games and now you know obviously with their great success with the WSOP circuit event they've had to open it up on the second level but for for years the only way to kind of make any money here and had to overcome a huge rake. You know, that's something no one, very few people talked about because there was no reason in complaining about it because no one was going to change it. But the rake schedule, Dave, on those sitting goals was was brutal. It was very hard to, you know, for a successful poker player to overcome that because it was so large. It was a good 25, 30% of, of, of your entry fee was going to the house. Right. Great for the poker rooms, not so much for the poker players, but... W- People were starving for action down here. That it, 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 didn't it almost didn't matter. Yeah, uh, twenty-four poker rooms. Just here's the numbers from uh, the last fiscal year, which ended uh, in the end of June. One hundred and forty-seven million dollars uh, were the earnings from the twenty-four different poker rooms, which was an increase of eight point four percent over the previous year. Uh, you know, eight point four. Wow, that's incredible. The the growth from just the year before. Wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, it, uh, the paramutuals obviously probably are still the big earners for these places, but, uh, you know, the percentage is way down, has dropped 51% since poker came in. Yeah, well, and let me tell you something. The paramutuals, and, I, and I'm going to clarify that because I cannot believe I've been in the Ocala poker room, which, you know, has highlight. Well, uh, not really. Uh, well, yeah, well, quote, highlight, whether you want to call and it only, or not. And only for a month or two. Okay. So that's not their... Exactly. I'm not talking so, about that. So I'm talking the, about the ones Their money is more round. generated by their poker room and, and maybe their, right. their off-track betting. But let me tell you, these places are being kept open because they're obviously hoping down the road that they can get slot machines. Right. You know, down here in South Florida and Broward and in Dade County, the big money is obviously the slot machines. Poker rooms are a secondary uh, form of income, hopefully 
helping feed some of the machines and some of their other other you know gambling that they have the paramutual side of it but uh outside of Dade and Broward I got to imagine that the poker revenue well, is almost as big as the paramutual well you got to you got to so. think you got to think about uh Tampa Bay Downs uh Derby Lane, Jacksonville is a dog track, and, and a lot of those places that have still have the paramutures are making. Just to give you a comparison, uh, the combined wagering on dog and horse racing and high lie uh, was seven hundred and forty million dollars compared to the one forty seven for okay. poker. Bringing right, in. right. So poker is still a fraction overall. Some places it's it's the main draw. No question. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, granted, you know, I, I I would imagine that the horse tracks were the the better earners of that of that of money. Right. You know, as opposed to the dogs, and obviously, high lie, unfortunately, is a dying sport. Uh, break down some of the individual places. Jacksonville is number one, twenty million dollars in gross revenues uh, in the fiscal year. Uh, of course, they have the uh, best bet uh, Jacksonville location and also a simulcast outlet in Orange Park. Uh, second is Palm Beach Kennel Club, and uh, pulled in 14 million. Daytona Beach was third. Uh, they also have it a circuit event, uh, or actually they were second, and Palm Beach was third, uh, or back and forth in that spot. No, no, Daytona Beach was was third, uh, 12 million, 12.6 million. Uh, then fourth is the Isle uh, at Pompano Park, 11 million, uh, 900 thousand. And Derby Lane rounds out the top five with $8.8 million. So that's the one. Now, of course, we don't have the numbers from the Seminoles. They don't have to report those to the state, and they do not release those officially. Uh, but you figure that they, uh, the Seminole Hard Rock, I think, makes more than uh, uh, the other paramutuals in South Florida combined. Oh, I would imagine so, so easily. Crazy, easily. crazy money. So and now you said uh, Derby Lane was the fifth, fifth highest poker room with eight point what? Eight point eight million. Eight point eight. I guarantee you, Hialeah and Magic City are they're just right, right behind, behind them. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm sure. You know, so uh, they're not too far behind there. Considering the the competition down here, that's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, I don't have exact numbers on those, but uh, you have places like Gretna, which does well in the northern part of the state. Hialeah that you mentioned. And uh, South Marion, which just opened in May. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that uh, uh, there's so many places they're doing well. Of course, you know, they're still begging for a, pl- for a level playing field with the Indians. I'd love to know what the numbers are, Gretna, because I re- still remember whoever the lady was that was in charge of that poker room up in Tallahassee 15 years ago. Fighting about increasing the, the the rates that we want—I mean, the amount of money that we wanted for tournaments back then—because she said her players couldn't uh, afford it. And if they're in the top ten of revenue over there, something has definitely changed. Right. Well, as far as this story goes, it was kind of looking at the fact that uh, poker was just kind of a little add-on for the gambling places. Now it's a big part of the revenue, no question about it. Yeah, and you know, it's it's again. Uh, I know that these politicians, uh, you know, are <laughs> adhering to their to their uh, constituents and then to you know higher powers like Disney. But it's you know it's a shame that nobody in the state had uh, the foresight to see what this could grow into. Yeah, the revenue it could generate because you know poker's not only generating those figures that you just mentioned there, but 
without poker, I don't think those uh, the machine numbers, especially down here, would be as high. They'd still be very high. And, you know, those paramutual numbers. Uh, poker players, at least in my experience, are big-time paramutual players, uh, at least uh, 30 to 40, 50 percent of them. So without poker, you may not have generated some of those numbers either. So there's so much that poker offers just just outside of poker itself that helps generate revenue in this state and for people to earn a living in, in the whole state of Florida. And there's still so many possibilities of additional gambling expansion, uh, table games is lurking out there that the Seminoles will probably get first. Uh, you know, they have some table games, but they don't have roulette or craps. Uh, that stuff could be added soon. Those places all over the country, the casinos that I go to when I'm on these trips, you know, they all have these table games. It's not even a big deal uh, to have and a couple it, of craps tables. It's really not changing anything as far as uh, it, it the, won't. the it, cities it, involved. It actually won't, and it'll help generate a lot more income. And, you know... The state is worried about, obviously, the amount of money that uh, Hard Rock, you know, that the, the Seminoles are, are paying out to the state to have exclusive rights to some of these games. But think about it. You know, we, we've got two beautiful coasts here, the east and west coast for beaches, for great towns. And can you imagine if they opened it up, you know, the amount of money that would be generated because you'd have all these big casino corporations wanting to come down here? Putting hotels, oh, man. putting hotels with them, even if they couldn't get into the hotels. Imagine them taking over these paramutuals and just buying up the land around them and making destination places just like the Hard Rock has done. It's you know, congratulations to the Hard Rock. They've done it very beautifully. They've done a tremendous job. But people are worried. Oh, if they give it to all the other paramutuals, they're going to lose all this revenue. I think it's just the opposite. I think they'll double their revenue because. You'll have people wanting to come in here who have the pockets. If they put up a favorable, they'd have to drop probably the 35% on the slot machines down to 25%. But you'd generate so much more income that you'd more than make up that 10% in, in, in you know, the revenue that has to go to the state because you'd get places put up where now instead of going exclusively to the Hard Rock here and in Tampa, oh, my God, i got so many other different places to choose from. And their bottom line is going to be hurt, but the state eventually will start earning a lot more money than whatever pack they're doing with the Seminoles right now. And the 600-pound gorilla that's sitting in the corner is sports betting. You know, that could change. There's big talk about that this year. I don't know if that well, will happen. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, you know New Jersey's been trying to get that, and that's been voted down. That's uh, that's that's. Uh, I think it's still a possibility in this country. I, well, listen, I thought New Jersey would definitely be allowed. You know, now you'd have West Coast, East Coast thing, and it. You know, Can the you courts, imagine if Florida got that before courts, other states? Yeah. Well, listen, you, you, wow. you'd have. Oh, that would be incredible down here. But um, you know, I think this. I think the most of the people in the state of Florida would be very, very happy with us getting, you know, you know, Vegas style casinos down here do what the hard rock has done there and they you know these corporations have a lot of money to come in i mean right where i'm working at dania look at all that land that they have yeah. there imagine the type of hotels and casinos they can build there if if if, if the uh you know the pack with the state as far as what the revenue sharing is with them as far as the percentage i mean you know at first it was ridiculous at 50 percent and then they've dropped it to 35 
you know, they get into a working number, which I believe would be somewhere around 25%. I think the investment dollars down here would come flying if and they the allowed jobs that. it would create. Oh, my God, exactly. I mean, that thing would be running 24-7, so you need cleaning crew. I, like you said, it, it, it would just be a great, great thing for the state of Florida. Well, we can only hope. Uh, we've come a long way in the last 10, 15 years, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, we always want more, and yeah. uh, you know it's why not? Why not? The rest of the country certainly could get better. We'll take another break here in the show. Did want to update uh, what's happening over at the Hard Rock in uh, event number six. Their 570 deep stack uh, buy-in. They had 807 entries. Uh, they are streaming the feature table. Uh, the leader at the feature table, by the way, is Abby Daniels. 611,000 chips. Plus, and uh, right there behind her, Wally Mata, Jessica Dolly, Ken Watson. Sean Shaw, all in the group right there, around uh, upper 200,000 uh, in that one. But a uh, uh, picture of Jessica here. She's a fabulous babe, by the way. <laughs> just a great girl. I love her. Anyway, uh, Darren Stabinski is also at that table. And uh might be interesting if you want to check that out, if you happen to listen to the show right after it's posted and catch a little bit of that later in the week as they move closer to the final table. Down to 45 players, by the way. Uh, the chip leader is uh, Joseph Dutchman, from what I can tell, 1.3 million. And uh, Raminder Singh uh, has a nice chip count, uh, 525,000. Uh, Nicholas Mahabi, 634,000. So we'll keep an eye on that as we move along here. Also, a couple things I want to talk about in the last segment uh, with the William Kasuf Reddit interview and uh, the future of uh, online gaming. We'll have a brief uh, talk about that in our final segment here when we come back. But let's tell you about uh, Gulfstream Park. The Festival of Light starts uh, tomorrow, I guess, on Thanksgiving. will be the first uh, appearance of that. Certainly uh, uh, looking forward to uh, a, a great uh, holiday season over there. There's so many things planned that, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I think uh, – you need to check out here in South Florida. It's in the southern part of Broward County and very easy to get to. Make it in, make it in your plans to get on over there. Um, certainly it's easy to get to. And, uh, Joe, you th- you've had the family there. There's stuff for everybody. It's beautiful. It really is. I've taken my, my, my children there, which were no longer little kids. But uh, this year we're hoping to get there with my grandkids, with my grandsons, and have them enjoy that. Uh, We've gone, we've gone there for Mother's Day. My my wife and my my sister-in-law and uh, my daughter, who's the, the 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 mother of my grandchildren, you know, they've loved going there and eating at the different restaurants that you've mentioned. You know, there's so many of them there, and like I've said before, uh, you know, it is so kid-friendly. The kids can enjoy themselves. I mean, you know, we love it for the poker room, obviously, but there's so much more to do there. So. Even if you take a day off from the poker to, to, to enjoy everything else at Gulfstream, you're going to have a wonderful time. Your family's going to thank you for it. If you're visiting South Florida, stop by. Do yourself a favor. That Pegasus is an incredible sight to see. And like we said, if you come down with your family, stop by and, and enjoy a day there at Gulfstream. Yeah, it's uh, located at 901 South Federal Highway. Uh, very easy to get to. Uh, they have the big statue of Pegasus out in the parking lot. I drove by yesterday and... And it's really a beautiful thing. I uh, certainly, uh, you know, recommend that people check that out. The Symphony of Lights is uh, is the program that we talked about. It has a 50-foot tree, uh, which is decorated in a lot of red lights and that sort of thing. Just a beautiful area. And they also have a little uh, 
Catabella Express train rides to take the kids around a little track there. That's from 5 to 10 p.m. that starts this Friday, November the 25th. Once from 6 to 10 uh, on Friday and Saturday uh, this weekend, and then again on December 16th and 17th and December 23rd and 24th. That's uh, kind of a fun thing to take the kids. Check out their website at GolfStreamPark.com, or you can give them a call over there at 954 Four five four seven thousand. That's the uh, the main number for the track, and they'll give you all the information. But the best to check out their website, website, and it'll give you all the information on the popular Symphony of Lights, which uh, not start does not start Thursday. It starts on Friday with the fifty foot tree, thousands of lights sign, uh, synced up with music, holiday music. You've seen that? Uh, well, the year I was there, they didn't have that. So okay. I mean, the the time I went, I didn't see that. So. They're every night uh, on the hour from six to eleven each night. So check that out. Lots of other stuff for the kids. Uh, on Friday, they're going to have this Friday. They're going to have uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus there, juggling acts, face painters, tattoo artists, coloring station, and train rides. Lots of stuff for the kids. So get on over there and check it out. Tell them that uh, Big Dave and Joe sent you over. It's Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com.
Final segment of the program, Big David Joe. Uh, got all our coughing out of the way uh, during the break. <laughs> we uh, struggled through the oh. season here in South Florida. Uh, we got our first uh, it's days very, in the 50s. Oh, it's been very cool here at night, well, at least night, for us. Night, for yeah. us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something we've waited for for a long time. We absolutely oh, love I'm it. I'm grateful for it, very grateful for it. So, But I've been making trips uh, to the West Coast, and uh, when you, you spend three or four hours on a plane with these people that are all sick, it's like you can't avoid it. It's just impossible. <laughs> Anyway, uh, GPL, Global Poker League, that's still around. Yeah, know? I can't believe that. <laughs> they, they went through and they, they uh, came back to action in October, and they have the final matches of the season and uh, determined their eight playoff teams. And now we're here to the playoffs uh, coming up uh, next week, uh, the 29th. And 30th of November. So no Jim Mora going, playoffs? Playoffs. <laughs> Are you kidding? Playoffs? <laughs> anyway, the America's Conference will send uh, the Montreal Nationals, the L.A. Sunset, the Sao Paulo Metropolitans, and the San Francisco Rush from the America's Conference. And the Eurasians will send uh, Moscow Wolverines, Hong Kong Stars, Berlin Bears, and London Royals. That will be uh, the playoffs that will match up on uh, Tuesday. November 29th, the Nationals will take on the rush at 3 p.m. Eastern time, Sunset versus the Metropolitans at 6 p.m. And then uh, the two teams will play off uh, for a winner uh, on the 29th. Then on Wednesday, the Eurasian teams will go at it and come up with their champion. Uh, The finals will be on Thursday, December 1st. This all takes place out in Las Vegas. Thursday at 3 p.m. You can catch now, all this stuff, by the way, on now, Twitch. Now, let me ask you something, and you'll, you know, forgive me, folks, because uh, I really haven't been paying a whole lot of uh, attention to it since since the way they set it up is not interesting oh, to me, unfortunately. Oh, you're the one, that, you're the one person who hasn't I'm the attention. one person, so I know everybody else out there, but uh, is it the whole team in the playoffs? Or? Uh, they actually select three players, or you could substitute a fourth one in, and uh, they play matches uh, head-to-head. And the first four out of seven wins the uh, the, uh, the semifinals, bad. basically, to move on. Uh, they will do that for the playoffs, for the uh, the conference championship as well. They're trying to make this like as obviously as a sport, uh, like some of the other things. Uh, but you know, supposedly they have in a sports. You get to see all the players on the team play for most for the well, most I part. Well, I guess I guess three on each team is what we're going to see. We'll okay. see exactly how that works out. But uh, you know, Jason. Uh, uh, I'm wondering about some of these people that are involved in some of these teams now. Their team didn't make the playoffs, uh, the New York uh, team. Jason's team didn't make it. Didn't huh? make it. But I uh, wonder how many times Jason actually played throughout the season. I don't, I don't even know that. There you go. But uh, you wonder uh, if some of these players that got involved in this and saw that there really was very little so, interest, uh, did they just drop out and they had to get I new mean, players or what listen, happened? You, you do it as a sports team. You make money from selling merchandise, from selling, you know, these players' names on whatever shirt that you want to have, polo shirt, whatever well, they it did. is. They are selling those now, supposedly. Okay. I haven't checked out the but, store yet. You but. know, listen, you want to generate interest in that. You, these players need to – you need a Jason Mercier out there, you know, kicking ass, you know, uh, as far as we're concerned. We'd like to see him kick ass, but – you know, maybe somebody wants to see his ass getting kicked, you know, by by other poker players. Whatever it is, it'll generate interest for one of the teams I wonder one if, way or the other. I wonder if Aaron Paul will play for the L.A. team. <laughs> there you go. We'll see. But, you know. Maria Ho's team. I, I thought this was a great concept. I just don't think they've handled it very well. And the cube was, I thought, a tremendous idea. Well, they are going to use the cube out in Las Vegas. Uh, it's funny. There was a... Uh, 
I saw there was a tweet from uh, uh, Alexander Dreyfus who uh, brought this on, and it was very simple. His tweet was, try, fail, fix, repeat. Yeah. So he's working let's at hope it. He's they come, hard. Let's hope they credit. come back with something, you know, better organized for next year. That way we can just, you know, go crazy out here talking about it and, and generating excitement every single week once the season starts. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, the championship matches, uh, finals, will be Thursday, December 1st, 3 p.m. We can pick this all up on Twitch and follow it, a best-of-nine format with the best team from the Eurasia Conference going up against the America's champion and the first team to win five games, emerging as the season one winner. So uh, maybe I'll wait till the uh, championship T-shirts come out. Let's, let's hope they generate. I mean, listen, uh, the poker world, a lot of the people will be listening to this and watching this. And, but, you know, you need to do what the main event does through ESPN. Generate a, a, an interest in, in poker from either very casual poker players or poker people to non-poker people who are, oh, you know, let's see these interesting characters and everything else. And, you know, you've got to try to grow this that way. And, you know, you've got a global stage with, you know, with, with the teams that you've selected. So I really hope they, they correct and tweak it the way it has to so that it really generates the interest that, that they're looking for and that we're looking for. And hopefully all the poker shows out there will be talking about it and, you know, if you can get people to lead your their shows with, uh, you know, oh, did you see this match? Did you see this matchup? And blah blah blah, you generate the interest that that I'm sure they're looking for. We'll have to save the William Kasuf uh, story for next week. Uh, kind of running out of time here, and uh, talk about uh, his interview and his thoughts on what happened this summer. Also, uh, the article that I looked at, I'll do some more research on that. Uh, how the presidential election is going to affect the immediate future of online poker. That's still a discussion that needs to be worked out. Well, you know, I don't usually we don't have too many friends in the in the in the online poker community when Republicans are in office, although Trump has said some things, he's backtracking on others right now, but uh you know, outside of what Vegas, Delaware, New Jersey, you know, I really thought we'd have a lot more states now having uh having online poker, and it hasn't moved forward. So I'm hoping 2017 will be a different year for that and uh, something will happen. But uh, with the Republicans in there, I, I don't know if the poker community is holding their breaths for that. Yeah, for sure. Well, we have a champion out in uh, the Caribbean, and uh, Punta Cana. Uh, Neil Farrell is the winner, defeated Troy Quenneville head-to-head. Uh, Farrell uh, held ace five in the final hand and moved all in on the button. And uh, Quenneville called with king jack of spades. There was a king on the flop but also an ace. And uh, Farrell hangs on to win and uh, collects first prize uh, at the uh, WPT Caribbean, 335,000. Uh, Quenneville finishes second, 220K. Anthony Augustino was third. Colin Moffat was fourth. Giannis Liparis was fifth, and Stephen Woodhead was sixth. So that brings another end to that one. Thought we might have uh, another matchup uh, with uh, Mike Sexton and uh, Emma, <laughs> but uh, that didn't quite pan out, but uh, had a pretty nice turnout down there as it finally turned out. 323, no, 332 players, so uh, another nice tournament down there. Anyway, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, we're getting through this one a little under the weather. 
But we'll be back with next week with another fresh show and uh, work on some interviews for you down the stretch here as uh, 2016 winds down uh, from Thanksgiving to Christmas. There's always uh, some interesting stuff going on, and we'll bring you the latest in the world of poker. Uh, Gio, thank you for all your help as usual on the show. And, uh, Joe, you as well. Uh, good luck at the job at Dania. We'll see Thank how the you, holiday sir. season pans out. And once again, safe and happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners. Absolutely. Have a good time. Uh, don't eat too much on Thanksgiving Day. And uh, we'll catch you next week on another edition of the show. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.